Welcome to podcast 112 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, we have a couple of save updates, hopefully. A quick review of this week's speech drops, which has sort of amounted to very little from the FM Twitter account, a chat about righting the wrongs in FM, and plus a quiz, which has very high billing for Mr. Dupe, but we'll see how well that does. But first of all, let's get started by hearing who I am joined by. Mr. Dupe, I've already sort of pre-introduced you, so welcome, sir. Wait, are you are you expecting me to do the quiz? <laughs> oh. this, is, this, is, this is great knowledge. How are we doing, Matt? I hope you're well, sir. Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Very well. Uh, Mr. Dave, welcome. Thank you, Matt. Good to be back. Good to be back. You've stolen Joe's Sorry. intro, but the main man is here himself, Joseph. Hello, sir. What's going on, guys? There you go, I've stolen <laughs> his intro. Please, no. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know that's his intro because I don't watch his stuff. I don't think anyone does, to be honest, so you're not alone. To be fair, is that, is, is that just the generic uh, YouTuber intro for everything? Dave, yeah. do you remember Something my, guys. Do you remember my uh, Just assuming intro? your gender of your uh, I remember dupes. Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> <was> so camp. <laughs> Didn't get the subs or the views, so don't use it. <laughs> you should have said them, but you didn't. Yeah, Never mind. That. Right, uh, Dave, I'm assuming you've got some save up to date, up to date, update this week. Yeah, only just, but I have. Um, only just? Well, because No, only because I think last week I was literally towards the end of my series and I, I say to myself on the pod every week, right, this weekend... Well, because I have Mondays off work, I'm just going to smash like three episodes out and I've barely touched Football Manager because obviously it's at the end of the game. It's not really drawing me in. But um, after, I think last week, we were in the Europa League semi-final or we just qualified for the Europa League final. Well, we went on an absolutely dreadful run of form at the end of the season. So we were, uh, I think we were 4-0 up against Everton in the first leg of the semi-final. And I thought, yep, done and dusted. Everton beat us 4-1 in the second leg. So we only just scraped through after having a 4-0 uh, lead in the first leg. Um, but then in the league, we just collapsed. So um, in preparation for an FA Cup and Europa League final, I don't think we'd won in about eight games, like in the league. So I was a little bit worried. Um, but I've recorded the FA Cup final today and it will be out by the time the pod's out. So I may as well say, and we did win against Arsenal after extra time. Um, yeah, well, it was one of them. I thought, you know what, it's a final. Um, we went, <laughs> I heard that joke. <laughs> so I went upstairs and looked for a shirt and tie and I couldn't find one. I said, well, what, what can I do? So I went for the more sort of... Um, Modern way that managers are approaching it, and I just wore like a, a, a scarf. <laughs> you wore a it. scarf, mate. I wore this very t-shirt. You you can see me now with this very scarf, and it worked. I'm gonna wear it for the rest of the pod. I don't now. think that's the kind of scarf that you'll see uh, Paolo Souza wearing. Yeah, well, on the touch we would have to extra time because well, you look like. <laughs> a I thought you were gonna say you're gonna go for the Tony Pulis. Have like um, the, old ca the cap and the, the jumper. Cap. I could have done that as well, but no. Yeah, I, and I you said got, it, you got really bad hair, so that'd have been a yeah, good idea. Yeah, I know. I need to get this sword really. And I said before the, um, the the game, if it works, we'll do it for the Europa League final as well. So it's going to be a look that we go for the on the on the next game as well. But yeah, we've got at least a little bit of silverware to take us into the end of the uh, end of the series. Do you want me to have a word with Wendy? Make sure she gets the shirt and tie ironed. Mate, I I honestly don't even know where it's gone. I have a Wolves tie somewhere. And I just don't know where it's gone. I'll have to have I'm a sure proper look. 
Is your, your brother didn't have court today? Oh, yeah, he might have done, actually. Yeah, good shout. <laughs> wow. Um, so, European dream... It's possible, yeah. Conclusions? Yeah, so, I still haven't recorded the Europa League but, uh, final, but obviously by the time the pod comes out next week, that'll all be done and dusted. Um, but yeah, a little bit of silverware. A Portuguese new gen scored the winner for us. Um Against Arsenal, Shock. so I'm hoping that we can uh, get a victory against a Portuguese team in the final as well. To be fair, you've done remarkably well to drag this out. Yeah, sort I know. <laughs> I know. I think we would have only if if I win the Europa League as well, I win the Carabao Cup the first season, the Premier League the second season, and the FA Cup's just the third trophy, and I think it's the fourth or fifth year. So if I win the Europa League, it's only like one, two, three, four, four trophies. Mm, Great yeah. Which is good because yeah. actually that is question one of the quiz, so I'll just give yeah. you that one point yeah, now. Yeah, cheers, man. <laughs> Quick maths. But, but yeah, there's Quick the same <laughs> Right, well, I, I look forward to next week when we find out the conclusion of your save. Thank you, Matthew. Marvellous. Uh, Joseph, I'm assuming that you have something for us PSG wise or any of the other multitude of saves that you still have running <laughs> at this late stage? Absolutely not. Oh, but mm. but Ooh. but 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 I have been doing a little bit of testing because I spoke to Dupe a little while ago, and lots of people have said money ball, money ball, money ball, and because I've been a bit bored, I've kind of thought, how would I do money ball? So I've just been like kind of doing Probably a better few. Than I do. <laughs> I've yeah. just been doing a few tests and stuff in Football Manager um, of how I would do it. Um, I just wrote a couple of little notes down because I thought I will forget otherwise. So I've done simulate a season on Football Manager, um, but return before the last game of the season. Choose a team that's about to be promoted to the top league as your club to manage. They will have a small budget and will have, uh, will have to bat above their average. Film reference. Um, collate your statistical player data. This is um, this is why you come back before the league ends so that you have your sample data. Um, what's important per position, etc. Use the season data to discover which formation has been most successful, whether it be goals scored or least conceded. Uh, have your plan ready. How many points, goals do you need to achieve your goals? Start looking at potential recruitment based on the data that you've collated. Look at potential trades that you can swap players out um, to another club rather than paying high transfer fees. If players are transfer listed, can you get the club to contribute towards the playing wage? At the end of each game week, update your data and scout accordingly. Use interaction to unsettle players to drive the price down. When selling players, have a realistic fee, but make sure to add plenty of clauses to support your future uh, future proofing of the club. Look for gems in the market that you might get a win from. Um, see if you can get good wins out of like people that have recurring injuries or have been out of favour or getting a bit old. Um, and then, like I've said lots of time, have a next man up mentality. Um, should you sell a player, have the next man ready to take his place. So I was just kind of trying to put my own little spin on it by actually not making it about transfers and trying to make it more about finding out. I think in, in, in the book and the film, it says about buying wins, not buying players. And it's kind of looking at, well, actually, if you can look at a right winger and what do you want them to do? You want a certain cross completion percentage or something like that. Looking at those kind of statistics to to build your team into something that it really would be cheating the game because if you know what works, you're going to go and buy that to fit into a position. I mean, it, it kind of, you've kind of do a lot of this anyway, particularly with the 
the uh, the financial side as well as the sort of success finding it. it's certainly something in the limited sort of fm19 time i've had and it's something that i already do anyway particularly with performances and sort of doing it with the end of season analysis but i like the spin of sort of taking on a team from the division below who is in inevitably going to struggle who coincidentally this week we've had I think is it Daniel Sten- Stendel from yep. Barnsley gets sacked who were pretty much taking their own money ball approach but uh, decided or the board decided that they'd had enough of, of him despite I think he don't think he won in the first 10 games or um, but fans loved him the, he was doing well with what he was given considering the club had sold players underneath him um, um, but then he'd got binned off and will inevitably see them get relegated because whoever they bring bring in was you know he was doing better than he should have been with the uh, the raw materials he was provided but it's interesting that sort of you've said that or have said that and then there's that sort of dovetail of the real life story going hand in hand um but i'm i'm looking forward to i mean is this going to be something that you will do for FM20 um no idea. as a sort of a no idea. <laughs> I've literally I've been bored without having FM to play, so I've been just trying to think of things to talk about. You've just been pitching the idea. Yeah. Oh. Literally, and then I've someone, just knocked it out. Someone's been waiting for it. <laughs> no. I'm just quickly going sort on. Of drug scandal. <laughs> quickly going on back onto the Barnsley manager. Do you see that he went and met all the fans for a beer after he got? Yeah, started? that was. That's, that's a class. Really good. Um. Joe, that's, uh, that's that's very in depth. Um, I think we should get together next have a Saturday conversation. Next Probably Saturday. not next Saturday, mate. Um, I'm um, washing your hair. I'm washing my hair. Yeah, Mister Dupe, do you have any save? Have you played anything? Have you been playing FM, F, FM, F1, anything? Have you been doing uh, anything? Fair, I, I have been playing F1. I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about twenty. I haven't really put much thought into it before the last couple of weeks um and funny enough moneyball is something that i've been discussing a while back i've been looking into it on the uh on the the, the, the book and re- reading well reading half the book and watching most of the film um and yeah i've kind of got a club in mind um standing a little bit lower than what joe uh kind of proposed there but yeah it's it's a it's a lot of work it needs a lot of background work and like Joe said, it's all about buy and win. So it'll be interesting. It's a lot of a slow ap- approach and, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, no, I haven't played FM. Short I was, th- I was thinking earlier, what about if you've done, you know, when people say like the Pentagon Challenge and stuff like Dave's going to pretend to do. What if you've done like the F1 calendar? So you start in Australia and then you move on to, I don't what, know, the, the Middle East and then like just... Can you do it with like because you'd have to miss some countries, wouldn't you? Because there's no uh, licensed Japanese league or yeah, no Japanese league. Let's be honest. After this weekend's typhoon, J- Japan could be fucking in Africa soon. So you never know. Yikes. <laughs> um, uh, do you know what? It would be a hell of a challenge. What's that? Twenty, eighteen races, nineteen races. I can't fucking think now. But it could be um, 20 seasons, couldn't it? You're only saying like a country. You're not saying that you have to win what, things or anything like that. Closest closest to the circuit? Yeah. Yeah. I think to be fair... What do you do yeah. when you've got two, like, because you've got two... Haven't you got two German... You've got the European they, they, Grand Prix. Yeah, they do, they do cross up. Like, they used to have multiple Spanish ones, didn't they? And yeah. 
Did I, swear I mean, do any? I don't think they do any more, do they? To be fair, you would be proper lapping around the world. Um, Whoa. <laughs> I bet you'd be glad to see the chequered flag on that challenge. Absolutely, yeah, oh. definitely. It's a good idea, Joe. I know it's it Grand Prix, I, I like Grand it. It's Prix very challenge. different. Grand Prix challenge. There you go. Get on the SI forums. Get the upvotes going. Was that? That's Reddit. Never mind. Uh, but I like the ideas. Bernie's big adventure. Bernie's big adventure. Call your manager. There'll be some independent uh, football manager fan site now that makes a Formula One custom database. I'm pretty sure someone already Imagine, did one, didn't they? I mean, it's, it could have anything in it these days. I would like. My, I mean, like this is very niche and off point here, but the crossover. I'd love. I'd probably have to play Max Verstappen at centre back just to say. I mean, his raw aggression would be quality there. I was going to say, he just loves smashing the shit out of opposition. Mm. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's yeah. just switched off now. Yeah. I don't know who yeah. that is. We'll, we'll move on, shall we, gents? That's a great suggestion. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'll talk to myself, yeah. Who cares? Great suggestion. So you said everyone's turned off, so I'm assuming you all have as well, so I'll just carry on. Right, so anyway, with it... Yeah. I was going to make... I was gonna make, Can you oh, stop doing this? Sorry. <laughs> I was going to make a wife joke about being used to dealing with people this turned off, but I thought I, bet I wasn't, and then I decided I should have, and now I shouldn't have. So I do apologise. Carry on. You, yeah, you kind of screwed up your own joke by... Stop. Carry jump on. Jump-starting. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we haven't had an awful lot of news on the FM Twitter for FM20. There's been a couple of smaller features I, i've seen a bit more negativity this week um with again a, 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 i guess a lack of sort of big features which seems to be what everyone is expecting uh in fact the first response to the sort of the more, more small features that dropped on october the 8th was when is the beta uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much telling of we're, we're at that time of year now where that's pretty much what everyone's asking because we haven't got a release date yet for the beta, let alone the main game. Um, has there any? Has there been anything that anyone spotted? I think Joe, there was something that you had pointed out, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a bit here. Um, I think it was about Director the down to football. Yeah. Oh, what the uh, suggested targets graphic. having a little yeah. graphic? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's what we keep saying. They're, they're tidying things up and making it look a bit prettier, but that's kind of. And again, a lot of these things is what you can see rather than what you've actually played. Like you've just seen a screenshot. That doesn't mean that it is the same, but it looks... Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I saw someone someone on my time. I quoted it. Oh my God, this is so good. I'm definitely going to use the director of football now. But as you said, it literally looks the exact same as the job before. Do you reckon Miles on Twitter has got beta um, muted? <laughs> just, just like any football club admin during the transfer window mutes the word <laughs> yeah. announce announce yeah. <laughs> yeah. just like I don't want it on anywhere near my timeline I think he should and, and FM should as well <laughs> I, don't, I don't think considering no one has seen anything of, of the new game yet there's a lot of people who are quite happy to jump the gun at this point so yeah. we'll, uh, we can we can look at it with, with uh, optimism at this point um, rather than pessimism like pretty much everyone else seems to be as well. With not much FM20 users, I've already just said, um, we thought we'd cross over into the real world of football and steal a story dominating the back pages. Well, not the real one that's dominating the back pages. Uh, it's not my tweet. Um, it, whose is it? 
No. Okay. We'll move. Wagger for Christa. Uh, <laughs> that that is indeed. That seems. I don't know. Has it even dominated the back pages? Who buys newspapers anymore? Anyway, uh, I continue to digress. Uh, anyway, we'll flip back into uh, a football manager scenario from the real world scenario. So bear with me. Uh, we're going to take a look at the situation that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got himself into. His legendary status at Manchester United got him in the door and arguably kept him there full-time after a contentious victory over Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League last season. Uh, he's been very vocal about the players, that they are not fit for the club, uh, and a number of bigger-name players have left under his watch, as well as having numerous injuries, etc., blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the excuses do continue. <laughs> uh, he also... Uh, Spoke about the, uh, the fitness of the squad, the pressing, the Manchester United way of playing. But after a less than ideal start to the season, his season, season, his job is now under question. I've turned into Steve overnight. Uh, so let's take a look at the, at the scenario. Manchester United are one of the world's biggest football clubs. Their on-field performances have been lacking since Sir Alex left in 2013 after his retirement. The squad is full of players purchased under various managers since. Their realistic expectation is to be challenging for the Champions League or Champions League's qualification at this point, with a view to building towards challenging for the title again. They've got a club legend in control, but is but is he really qualified for the job? If we look at this from the perspective of a football manager save and put yourself into Ole's shoes right now, what would you be doing for the following? And we'll start off with struggling to score goals. So that's our opening scenario that we're going to look at after my opening gambit. So what would we do in FM terms to to, you know, try and actually put away chances that we're creating or create chances in the first place. I just revert back to my forest green tactic where I played two up top. Um, <laughs> that used to bag me two up top with one, one in behind, was it? Not, Norm- not Normally my way of doing things, to be fair, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what in the hole, you say? That attacking shadow player was brilliant. Uh, the the, the, the sh- Yes, he, he, he lurked in the shadows. The shadow um, midfielder. I, I think. To be honest, kind of midfielder. if we are struggling to score goals, I, I say we, you know, as one of four Manchester United fans on the pod this week, because um, <laughs> we are technically, you you also. I'm wearing a wolf scarf. Yeah, you're only doing that because your dad told you to. Curtis really um, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, we, like, you just, he's got, he's got to get somebody in. Like, I, I, I like the way that Ollie is doing things, right? Granted, not like in our league position, but I like the way. He's doing things. He's he he has inherited a terrible squad. He's got rid of some of the the bigger wood. Um, that's a reference at Lukaku. Um, but he he's he's given the youth a chance. Uh, he's got no other choice. Nobody who wants to come to United. Let's be honest. Who actually would want to come to United? Jacken. Yeah. How much would yeah. we have to pay you? Nothing. Nothing. You play at top for United. Yeah. Yeah. Better than better than Rashford. To be fair. Um, but no, it's uh, it's something that he needs to do. He needs to buy a world-class finisher. Uh, Rashford, unfortunately, is not that guy. Uh, he needs to play that guy on the wing. Uh, I do like the idea of Rashford and Martial playing up top, but obviously when Martial's got injured, couldn't live off that momentum that we built against the Chelsea game. It's it's a tough one. It really is a tough one for Ali, but it sounds like a fantastic football manager save for next year. I think in, t- in terms of football manager, I think Manchester United's reputation would allow them to still sign a top striker. Um, but it's almost as if they've been a little bit, well, it sounds a bit strange, but almost a bit scared to spend the money over the last couple of years. I know they spent such a huge chunk on Lukaku, but 
Um, I think they need to need to look elsewhere. And to be honest, some of the names they have been linked with or were linked with in the summer, I think would have worked. Um, but in terms of football manager, again, I think uh, I've seen them linked with with Callum Wilson. In football manager, is a great striker. He fits your homegrown bill and so on. Um, and he's a he's a great player on football manager as well. And you know he's proven in the Premier League. My only concern would be. Um, if Oli went to sign him in real life, is yeah, he might knock you a few goals in, um, but the main difference is the amount of pressure he's going to have on him because Manchester United are about 100 times a bigger club than Bournemouth are. Like, the expectations are going to be unreal and we all know Callum Wilson can knock a goal or two in, but is that pressure of Manchester United going to, well, turn him into just another flop? The, uh, I mean, I kind of alluded to it in, in the intro, and is it the striker or not having a striker that is the issue or the whole issue or is it the supply that they are not getting? Because I, I was looking at some of the some of the statistics for some of the sort of the past few matches and they're not even getting it's not just a case of not getting shots on target, they're not creating chances full stop. So whereas previously United been known as a, a sort of an attacking side and if they even look back as the the, the the game against Chelsea where they were sort of flattered to deceive, I guess, and won 4 nil, but didn't, you know, it could have gone very differently on, on that day. But they created chances due to sort of defensive frailty, whereas you look at um, United under previous management, and we'll go to Ferguson, where they would sort of batter a team into submission with attacking intent. And some will argue that United kind of played a bit more on the counter and it was sort of they were able to be a bit more robust in defence. So maybe even starts as far back as that, that they don't have the ability to defend uh, sort of sufficiently so that uh, their defensive frailties are being shown. And because of their lack of uh, attacking intent, they're not covering for it at, at the other end either. In terms of strike force, I think their time is running out is if they do want to invest in into a big name striker because... Someone's you know, there's only going to be so many seasons that people are going to be willing to play in the lower uh, European competition, and if they don't buck their ideas up, they might even be struggling with that this season. I, I kind of think you're bang on there with the supply issue. I don't think Rashford has really had the supply to kind of show what he can do. Oh, he had a few chances against Arsenal that I would have expected a a top class centre forward to be putting away. But I do think it's it is the supply thing, and you, you said about defensive frailties. I actually think they've not been terrible defensively. You know, it's they they bottle it when they're. I mean, I tweeted about it and said one nil is like the worst score Man United can be leading a game by because they they literally just capitulate, and it will be just a, a, a random chance they will concede. It's like, and it, I think it's that mental. They need to get over that mental hump that if they are leading one nil, that they can actually see a game out rather than just literally shitting themselves it doesn't help you play you play shit wingers at fullback you're never going to do well you know and they're going with the this the, the whole inverted attacking so you know the right footed player on the left and vice versa that's that's or you know even on the right hand side they, they matter doesn't really play on the right hand side cutting in Pereira doesn't really play on the right hand side cutting in but the Man United that I know, like nineties, early two thousands, was about fucking making the the pitch as wide as possible. Your wingers were wingers, and I know crossing's gone out of the game, and you know 
when you're looking at, and I've said this before about, I think data and analysis has made football more like chess in the Premier League because it's it's all about the numbers game. Whereas, you know, you put a cross into the box, yet the probability is that a defender will clear it. But actually, if a defender clears it, where's that ball going to end up? It could end up at a midfielder who can have a dig from the outside of the box. But kind of everybody wants to now play this kind of Pep style football where it's passed the ball around into the box. And I think from an FM, if he's putting it into FM, I, I would be going wingers rather than inside forwards if it works. And definitely not playing shit wingers as fullbacks. Ashley Young, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the issue with Manchester United is though, like I'm looking at their team from the game against Newcastle, which they lost. And like even in FM, I, I think you'd struggle to win that game. Like you're on about supply behind Rashford, you've got Fred McTominay and Mata. I mean, I know Mata's got that little bit of quality, but the I mean, even Daniel James and Pereira, they haven't quite got the experience there. And um, I, I know that what they're trying to build and so on, but the lack of quality just in general for me, just even looking inside, uh, as I say, I'm a football manager, I think I'd struggle to, to get anything with that sort so of team. If if we take United away from this conundrum at this point, sort of what, what are our general go-to things to help... Like if you are struggling to score goals in FM, what do you do? Do you throw more bodies into the box? Do you, if you're playing a playmaker, do you stop playing the playmaker? Do you decide that you're going to, like Joe suggested, change tact and and go wide as opposed to sort of uh, trying to play with inside forwards and going narrow instead? Do you try to overload the wings, overload the centre? Do you try to change tactic entirely and stop playing the? Sort of not going to say tiki taka, but playing passing through the middle um, and go more direct. The, the, sorry, yeah, I well, there's something that I spoke to Joe about a couple of months ago, where so, probably seven or eight not out, uh, seven or eight times out of ten, you're going to get a tactic that works quite well. Um, and I was going through a phase earlier this year where I was creating 20, 30 shots a game and struggling to score, so I just tweaked my training put more finishing, put more chance conversion on, and the next game I win four or five nil. Sometimes it's not, you know, how you set up, it's actually what you're doing in between those games as well. Um, I think you are right. I think um, it depends which players you have and which system you you, you want to play. But um, I always find if you are struggling to score goals, there's either that, if you're creating the chances, there's that problem that you need to, like, go back to the training ground. But if you're struggling to create that... Um, you you probably need more attacking roles or more attacking players, whether that be an attacking midfielder or whether that be two more attacking wingers. Lovely. Um, okay, we'll move on to our next bullet point, which is if the fans aren't happy with results, how do you cope with that pressure in Football Manager? And I think in Football Manager, this is perhaps... Um, I don't know if it will come to the fore more in FM20, but... In FM19 and at least previous versions, I think fan frustration hasn't really been showcased overly well. I think I think it's it's a lot harder to show it or, or win them round in Football Manager as it would be IRL. IRL, you make <laughs> sure you put your result, you, you put your effort in on the pitch in Football Manager. If if you if your fans aren't happy, you've got to just try and get your 
you know, play in the way that you, at least it looks like you're trying, you know, instead of going out there and you have 10% possession and one shot on target, that would be, for me, the way I'd look at trying to do something, trying to mix it up, trying to get, you know, if if we if they're expecting or they're used to an attacking way of playing, then let's just try and get it attacking. We might not get the result that we need because we're not good enough, but at least they're going out and trying. One of the worst things IRL this week that has come up since the Newcastle defeat for Man United is Rashford, Maguire, and I think another lad has tweeted out saying, oh, you know, we've not been good enough. That frustrates me. You know what's got to be done. Just do it. Don't fucking tweet about it. Dickheads. <laughs> do you know what? I was just thinking that and, I, and then something popped into my head. Right? Do you think if you was having like a shit run of form and you know on the social media where they start doing like the polls of like who should be playing? Do you think yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. played those players if the fans kind of wanted Ooh. it that the supporters kind of trusting you would either stay the same or you wouldn't decrease? I, I, I have absolutely no idea if it makes a difference, but I just thought... No, I wonder if he was in that position, if that if playing players that the fans wanted. Maybe that's a useful all. football manager experiment yeah. some random YouTuber could run. <laughs> just imagine that, though. It, just picture this. Next Saturday night, Ollie's in his hotel. He's about to, to go through his team sheet, and what he does is he gets Twitter up, and he goes, right, so this Twitter account wants this starting 11. This t- all right, right, that one. We'll go with that one. At least he'll be happy. Bang. I, I some I sometimes look at those polls until they say should Dave as a party be sacked and eighty percent say yes. <laughs> That's when it's a bit of a concern. That's when I don't That's listen. <laughs> to be fair, a little top tip for Ollie IRL. Uh, now I like the guy. I like the way that he tries to play football, but he's just not done it right at United. Is Fred uh, sixty one? His last sixty one attempted through balls hasn't found a Manchester United person uh, player's feet. That's bad. 61 for a central midfielder that's meant to be a bit creative. I like the guy, don't get me wrong. Um, not but, having yeah. it. I'm still not having it. Sounds like me on pro clubs. Red nah, red. I'm still not having it. it. Does. There is no way that every like all the big clubs in Europe have looked at him and that he's all of a sudden a bad player. No, exactly that. But it's, it's the United way. Sanchez, Lukaku, Di Maria. Fred, Di Maria. Falcao. Falcao. To be fair, Falcao was shit at Chelsea. That's some world-class players from other clubs that were world-class there and then blame, blame, blame them for them not playing well. Ashley Young. I said, if, uh, right, if, 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 um, if the fans kick that much of a fuss up and Ollie goes, which I don't think he will, I think he'll last out a long time here at Manchester United. But if he does go, one thing to take away from it is Aaron Wambasaka, great signing, by the way. Incredible player. Lovely, lovely to watch. Live to watch on telly. He just fucking does not want that ball to go anywhere in near that box. And that's what you want for a right back. The thing is, though... Couldn't cross the street, though, could he? No, no. <laughs> Correct. There's a... There's... <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Oh, he's not carrying on. Um... I can't. I can't carry on, Matt. Okay. Uh... It's the frustration, that's all. Uh... What I was going to say was that I'm not entirely convinced about how much of a hand Ollie had in that uh, when Basaka signing, or indeed any of the signings. I don't know if they were sort of put in place, whether it's a case of we want to sign these players. Do you want them? Yes. Um, great. Do you know no, what? No, we're signing them anyway. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? But the three, those three, so Harry Maguire, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and Dan James, have been the best players United have had this season. So if it is something that he's had a hand in, that shows that 
there's a potential there that if he's given more freedom in the market or or they listen to who he wants. Because the Dan James one was a bit left field. I mean, he was going to sign for Leeds in January. Like, yeah. Was it January this year? Yeah, January this last, year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of come out of it, of nowhere. I think Wan Bissaka, that was, I think that was going to happen. That kind of just seemed to fit. And then, yeah, Harry Maguire, again, I think that's been speculated for quite a long time that he would end up there. But arguably, they, they have been the three best players United have had this season. So if it is down to him and they were on his list then they need to listen to him more in January I will say one thing it is down to him he's done those transfers I've read stuff that Edward would come out with I've listened to things that he said that fucker knows nothing about football he's not been involved (laughs) in any of those transfers the only bit is he's probably trying to do a harder bargain trying to save a bit of dollar here there and everywhere but he's not been responsible for those personnel that personnel in this club I mean, this leads me or leads us well onto our next point, which is certain members of the squad are being questioned. So, how do you handle that? And whether it be from the fans, whether it be from the board, um, who? How do you either win those people over or get the player or those particular members of the squad to improve uh, if they are struggling? If they're my guy, guy that I brought in, then obviously I got full faith in them. I'll be pushing them. Doesn't matter what the fans say. However, if if they're not your guy, if somebody else has signed them, but yet they are performing, they're doing what you wanted to do. Because let's be honest, their performance might be shit on the pitch, but that's because that's the instruction that I'm giving them. If they're listening to what I want them to do, if they're doing exactly what I want them to do, they'll stay in the in, in the team. If they're just being crap and the fans are kicking up a fuss. I mean, the minute you start giving up to fan power... Uh, and some of these players being questioned is the minute that you've lost the you've lost the dressing room, you've lost the club, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, it, at the end of the day, it's it, as a manager, it's, it's your opinion. I'm football manager. If, if you know, I, I see all the, this press stuff come up about X player hasn't scored in ten games. He's on a goal drought. I said, yeah, but he's got he's just got eight assists in those ten games, or you know. Or, uh, you know, when you drop a player and they ask you about that or whatever. like It's like in real life terms as well. You know, you could, in, in you know, in real life, we probably know 1% of what's going on in our football clubs. There's so much going on behind the scenes. And that's sort of the same in football manager. You know who's trained well. The fans don't. The board, to a degree, probably don't. Um, and it's in your opinion whether a player is doing well and working well in your tactic on FM. So it, it, it's up to you, really. You've actually raised a point that I hope is addressed at some point soon because it irks me no end is when you do have that striker or player who you are playing in a particular role, but whether it be the media or fans that are expecting them to do X, for your example of strikers not scoring but providing goals instead, I wish that if you had them on, on a support role, it would just be it just wouldn't ask that question because it's ridiculous that it it comes up with it if they aren't even playing that role. If they are playing the supply role, if they are the creative forward of a pairing, they they're they're unlikely to to score often if that is not their intended purpose, um, and that frustrates me. Or even if you're if they are you they were signed as a striker, but you play them in a different role, uh, whether you play them as a winger cutting in or as a creative force behind the striker, for example. This is a sidebar completely away from the general question, but it still irks me no end. Um, And I wish it would go away quite quickly. (laughs) 
That's what she said. <laughs> um, if I think when it comes to uh, the board questioning the players, because I don't know if if any of you go through the board section and their comp when when it comes to their confidence, whether you're untouchable or whether your your position is a bit more precarious as a manager. Um, but I, when it comes to through to my my transfer dealings in particular, I like to see what the board thought and also what the fans thought. Um, and it's quite interesting to see how that goes, particularly when you when you compare to when you initially signed them to when you're either having a, a great spell or whether you're having a bit of a dip in form because uh, the fans are pretty fickle. The board may be less so, but they their opinion can change quickly if you go on a bit of a losing run. Um, and I can't, I can't think who the player was, but it was a particular player who I signed and he was just... He wasn't particularly great. He was signed as a squad player, but the board absolutely hated him from day one and they did not give him a single chance. And when, when there's no faith in him at all, I do wonder if that actually has a bearing on his performances in-game. If like, if basically the only person who has faith in that particular player is you and you alone, even if it's your virtual self, and the, the board has no interest or the fans have no interest in supporting that player, then they've got no chance. Basically, it's like me signing Keith Andrews because I have no <laughs> faith in him at doing anything and he's been retired for four years. Talking about whether the board liked the player, I wonder whether that would have any grounds to the board accepting offers for those players. If the board doesn't like player X, a reasonable offer comes in and it says, oh, the, the board have accepted your offer. Is that because it's a good offer or is that just because they don't like the bloke? I, don't, I wonder whether that is something that is contributed to it. be interesting if you did set, like, your director of football to, like, to sort the transfers out, which ones would... They accept and which ones they'd like reject on that front as well. I suppose that works for us as a manager. We, you know, if we if we don't play like a player or we don't play a player that much, chances are that we're gonna we're gonna sell them. Agreed. Agreed. We. <laughs> we. <laughs> Do you need one or are you you just saying yes in French? <laughs> uh, sorry, shit banter. My apologies. Uh, okay, no, we how would you? <laughs> we <banter. laughs> Oh dear me, that was funnier than yeah. We know. Uh, how would you show the world that you are the right man for the job? Is our next bullet point. I guess that kind of tie. This is almost sort of tying up the past few. Is sort of how would we do that? Is it a case of showing them by sort of performing on the pitch by? completely disagreeing with with what their opinion is and or do as Dave has suggested and or no it was Joe who suggested it going with the polls <laughs> and agreeing with them and saying okay we'll do it your way and then you lose 8-0 Graf's not Lewandowski by the way um, I think it's about just you've got to just show it isn't it it's like the buy and wins thing it's you succeed by being successful by definition it's kind of one of those things where I think you can only show how good you are by increasing your reputation by by winning matches by getting rid of the shit players I mean if, if it was in real life like I think getting rid of Sanchez or if you're Arsenal moving Mesut Ozil on like players like that actually these people that are quite poisonous to the football club and I don't think it's like I wouldn't say Alexis Sanchez would be someone that's poisonous to the club but there's more headlines about Sanchez not playing than there is about the team playing. 
And I think if you can stop talking about the negative stuff and then just really just focus on the you know the positives and you know someone said to me once control the controllables so actually get in and make more things controllable it's one of the the one things or one of the things that uh marino used to do well and has done less well as he's got older is managing the media in particular and he would always front up for the for the team so none of the players had to take the flack so what he would be saying in front of the press would be one thing and what he'd be saying behind closed doors would probably be presumably be another but he was always good at taking the flak whereas sort of more recently particularly towards the end of his uh, Manchester United tenure he was <laughs> he was quite sure. frank yeah. yeah he 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 would he was quite happy to throw them under the bus instead of parking the bus which is <laughs> quite poignant some would say but yeah i think i think basically uh, it, i think how you would show the world you are the right man for the job it depends on how long you are given to prove that as well because if I mean Ollie's what nearly it was coming up for a year isn't he March is it March February time um, where he was actually given it full time although it had been sort of uh, building up to that prior to him signing but it would be interesting if, you're, if you've give, been given like a two year contract to turn a club around uh, or at least to, to I guess it depends on what you were sold what what you sold the club on or what you agreed terms on and whether you're meeting that at board level um, or what the board's expectations are. So it depends on your definition of world, whether it's all that it encompasses or whether it is a particular faction because if you're pleasing the board, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be pleasing the fans altogether unless you're winning and everything else is rosy. Um, but if you are managing to cut the wage bill, get get certain people off uh, and get rid of them uh, for for uh, more than they came in for, uh, as well as improving things on the pitch in line with what they're expecting, then I guess you're doing it right. But I would imagine that United's expectations are probably in line with Newcastle's <laughs> <laughs> and that Newcastle fans have expecting the earth when you have absolutely no right to deserve that at all. Beef. Um, beef, beef. Um, well I think in football manager terms sort of like Joe said it's a results business so you've got to win games um, of course you, you can you can be given philosophies when you first take the job or you can add those or take them away throughout the job and of course that will save you with the board um, but I think and obviously it'll be interesting with this sort of five-year plan or whatever they're doing football manager as well how that works but at the end of the day it's a results business even in real life you could play the best football in the world but after 12 months if you're still not getting the results you know you, you're gonna lose your job at the end of the day so to win people over you've got to win games whether that's dirty whether that's with beautiful football it don't matter but three points is three points and trophies are trophies I think that that's the, the the interesting part is that everyone claimed Mourinho was playing dirty football or a negative football, but was he winning games? I guess he wasn't towards the end of his tenure. There were a few, a lot more drop points than there ever had been, but um, certainly winning a lot more than he had uh, than they are at the moment. Um, anyway, final point then is taking all of the above into account that we've just discussed. What would you look to improve come January? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I mean, are you? Uh, I guess 
Midfield. It's difficult to use it for you to detach yourself away from the situation. But if you were Ollie in FM, would you basically be expecting a bumper transfer budget and to go and blow it, or would you be being make a few more astute signings to to uh, to bolster the ranks and then go big in the summer? I, I think he's still got money spare. I think um, if it was me, I would look to buy an engine for midfield and a playmaker, somebody that can put the ball in the right place, somebody that can win it back. Somebody that can put it in the right place. Almost like a Kante and a, I don't want to say Madison, but somebody like that. Fernandez. Fernandez. Go and get him. He was talked about, go and get him. You have Kante releases Pogba, and then you have a Fernandez. Actually have some fucking something going on in the middle. But I actually don't mind McTominay. I think he's he looks like he's, he gives a shit. So that's why he gets in the team for me. But giving a shit and being good are two different things. Um as I say, I, I I think Man United is probably a little bit too much for Fred. I, I think the fans are not on his side. I think he is just getting too much criticism that it's hard to kind of get a run of games to get your form because you've just been criticised too much. Um, Same as Pereira. Well, Pereira as well. Yeah. Again, Quality when player. when Pereira was in, uh, he was playing in La Liga. He just he looked a fantastic player. And again, it's like another one of those that we probably need some games to kind of. Do what what he needs to do. Matter, I think I've loved Matter, you know, from his Valencia days. But again, there's no real position for him on the pitch. You know, he always looks like he just floats around, and he, he's not. He isn't. Then they're not playing a system that he can be a David Silva or Bernardo Silva. It he's just like looks like they're just putting him into a position to fill a space. Um, so I would say just sort that midfield out. You're gonna have Martial come back. I think Dan uh, Daniel James has done really well. I think Rashford will be fine up front. I think Greenwood will get more of a chance. You know, what's who they who could they actually go out and buy to play up front that would improve that team? You know, genuinely that, that could sign. Manzukic. Yeah, but do you, but, but again, do you think he improves? It, would you pick no, Manzukic over a Rashford? It depends. He's a different option now. Right? I think we've got the the thing that frustrates me the most is we've got the pace down the wings now, and we're getting the ball in the box, and we've sold our biggest target man for the middle. Yeah, but who like, can the cross? balls are coming in. Who can cross? Daniel James can cross. Yeah. Dallow can cross. Dallow's quality. You know, quality. <laughs> quality. Quality. He's one of my favourite, you know. He's, a, he's, a, he's, he's Portuguese. He's, he's He'll be, be with us next year. Is he, he's Portuguese. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I do fear that every United player that they've signed or every player that United have signed that has a single name has not exactly performed well. Fred, Anderson, Fabio. <laughs> Raphael. There's Raphael. I mean Raphael, Raphael wasn't was so bad. Too. Fabio not so much. Got he got bangers. he got he got the wrong side of the jeans. But uh <laughs> I think IRL, whatever I mean, I know we're trying to not do IRL football as much, but whatever he does, he needs to continue with his transfer policy is what he's done. I like the the youth. I like the the homegrownness. These these shores do produce some good talent. Whether it is, like I said, a Madison or, or I mean, there's so many players out there that like they've spoken about. Also, the thing is, the, da- down, but. the danger you have though going for someone like Madison in January is you think uh, let's drove a hard bargain for for Maguire in the summer. His price will probably double mm-hmm. yeah, in no, January. Absolutely. And that's, Which is a that's the problem, though, right? 
but I would prefer them to go and spend X amount of money on him than go or, or someone love, like that young, talented guy that's homegrown than go and spend it like they did with Di Maria, who clearly fitted the club. The thing is, a lot at of this money. point, at um, this point, you've got the danger of Leicester qualifying higher than United. So. I, th- I think, personally, I think United are going to do what Chelsea did when they dropped down to like 10th, 11th, 12th or whatever it was. I think I think United will not qualify for Europa League this year. However, they may go on to win the Europa League, but I, I, I think that, that they, they will not be in Europe unless they win that Europa League. Do you think a year out of Europe, despite the potential impact it may have for them commercially, do you think the team needs that? so that they can reassess, refocus, kind of do what Liverpool did when they had the season outside. Uh, and that's where things started really picking back up for them is they didn't have the the strain of the fixtures, which meant that they could sort of refine the squad, but not have to sort of uh, fight on all fronts with such a, a high-level team, which gave them a bit more, I guess, a bit more room to improve um, and a bit more uh, time to bring a bit of cohesiveness to a squad, a bit more of a settled lineup that plays in the league. They can still have a League Cup side, for example, but it then gives that bit more of a time for uh, gelling, which I think when you try to throw throw transfers into solve problems, and as Joe was saying about the whole matter thing of trying basically being used to fill a position, less of that can happen and it gives yeah. a, a bit more time to, if- to actually have <laughs> a plan <laughs> as yeah. opposed to... I, th- I think it, United are probably the only one of the only clubs that could sustain being out of Europe and it not affecting them too much commercially. There's I, not I many still, other clubs that have that potential. I still think it would do more damage than good, though. But that, you know, that's short. That's that's a different different conversation. Is that? Is that I mean, is that on on the playing front or on the commercial front? I mean, the reason why I ask is I actually watched a a, a tifo video earlier this week, which was. It was focused on United, but it actually did a comparison between how much United are earning versus sort of the other teams um, in the league and how they're kind of catching up to them. And that they sort of predicted that Liverpool, if they continue to do well in in Europe as they have been, that their prize money will reach a, an equivalent level uh, with United being in the Europa League this year. So if Liverpool were to do as well again and United weren't to do so well, and particularly with the league, um, at both on the European and league fronts with prize money dropping, uh, that they could even exceed that. So what Joe's saying there may not even last a season. So basically what they're, what I was saying earlier about time running out, it might be a bit sooner than we all think, if that is to ring true. It's time for the quiz. Um, I claimed an hour's overtime for this, so uh, if it's not good... Did you want I me owe, to edit that bit out? Or are you I, I owe my to... company an hour of, of my time. Um, it was after hours, so it's actually double time, so, you know, two hours technically. Right, so, um, as we were talking about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and as technically he is still classed as a legend at Manchester United, I thought it would be quite fitting that we'd have some questions about club legends. Now, there's been a little bit of argy-bargy, elbows out due to the last couple of quizzes... We're going to strip it back. We're going to do it simple. Ten questions. Fastest buzzer first. One point for a correct answer. And the Viking Dan rule is in play. I will say one thing. I'll give you one clue. Do not buzz in too soon. 
because I like these sorts of questions. Okay, so number one. As we all know, this isn't Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first job in English football. In 2014, he took over Welsh side Cardiff, but which full-time manager did Ole take the Cardiff job from? I mean, don't all buzz in at once. Nerd. Nerd. Morky Mackay. Correct. Oh, I was going to go for that. Wait, is it minus one rulers are, yeah? Yes, Viking okay. Daniel is in play. Shit. Question number two. Steven Gerrard had an average time at Liverpool, lived in many trophies, and having to watch the Premier League slip away. I, I mean, I had to. I, I couldn't be too nice to him. His final game for Liverpool was in 2015 against Stoke City, ending 6-1 to Stoke. Gerrard scored Liverpool's only goal that day. However, there was two ex-Liverpool players scoring for Stoke. Can you name one of them? Joe. Joe. Joe Allen. Minus one point. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Dave. Dave. Peter Crouch. Correct. Damn. Charlie Adam was the other one. Mate, Charlie Adam, by the way, played at Wolves the other week for Reading. Mate, how is that bloke still playing football? He, he, I, I didn't I see him run once. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So we carry on? Continue. Question number three. John Terry is Chelsea's most successful captain, having led them to five Premier League titles, four FA Cups, three League Cups, one European uh, Europa League and one Champions League title. He could have made it two Champions Leagues, however. Terry slipped and hit the post on a deciding penalty to take it to sudden death. But which other Chelsea Dave. legend? Dave? Oh, I think I've gone too soon. Uh, Anelka. But he's not a Chelsea legend, so... Minus one point. I went way too quick there. I knew... Which other Chelsea legend scored in regular time in oh, that you... final? No. I would have got I was actually going to say this when you said legend. Champions League 2008. Moscow. It was raining against United. Nerd. Nerd? Drogba. Minus one point. It's the other one. <laughs> look at me, Joe. I remember watching it. I remember what where I, I was. Look? Quite fat, yeah? No, mate. You look great. <laughs> is it the is would it be the current manager of Chelsea Football Club? Yeah. What Mr. Fat Frank? Mr. Slim Fast Lampard. Correcto Monday. So which is quite nice because we're all on zero points. Hey. Question number four. Tony Adams is arguably one of the best English centre backs in the Premier League era. Twenty two years <laughs> at Arsenal. Five hundred and four games. Thirty two goals. And 10,534 pints of lager. <laughs> After he hung up his boots, he jumped into management. But which Spanish side did Dave. Adams manage? Dave? Is it Zaragoza? Minus one point. Oh, oh. Which? Joe? Is it Granada? That's it. Granada is... Bollocks. I knew it was one of them. Legally, I do have to state, I didn't count every single pint. I just assumed that's what it was when I rounded it <laughs> yeah. up. All right. Question number five. Wayne Rooney, Manchester United legend. Manchester United's highest ever goal scorer. In 2015, Wayne Rooney produced a knockout celebration during their 3-0 win versus Tottenham. But who knocked him out? Dave. His home? Dave? Bardsley. Who? Phil Bardsley. Correct. Meh. 
it was Rebecca Lardy. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't do. I want to give you a bonus point for that, Joe, but I'm not allowed to. Right. French forward Thierry Henry is considered one of the best strikers of all time. He left Arsenal to go to Barcelona in 2007, then on to New York Red Bulls till 2014. In his spell at New York, he was loaned back to Arsenal and he played four games, scoring one goal. Who did he score that one goal against? Joe. Leeds. Dirty, dirty Leeds is correct. I say dirty Leeds. I've been watching their series and I kind of got a little soft spot for them, which is bad. Oh, you're a United fan. You're a fucking scum. Okay, (laughs) club legend Xavi played 504 games for Barcelona. He went on to play and manage a Qatari club in the city of Doha. Which club is that? I was going to ask. I knew you was going to ask the name. Who the fuck knows this? Yabba dabba ding dongs. <laughs> is, is, is that a guess, Joe? I didn't say my name first. You didn't, yeah. Come on, boys. Don't be unhappy. We've got to answer, or otherwise you get minus one. Ah, uh, yeah. No, because I I'll don't. Say, Joe. Joe. Is it Al Halal? Close, but no. They're from Saudi Arabia. Any other guesses, gentlemen? I just don't want like Dave offended. Dave, they like Ryan All Stars or something like that. Very close, Dave, but no, no. Mm. I mean, it's not even close to be honest. (laughs) Al Qaeda. (laughs) Nerd, would you like to have a little guess? Uh, no. It's El Sad. It's two A's though, so I don't know how to pronounce it. El Sad. That's that would do. I thought you'd know that, you know. Anyway, it's late. question number eight. Uh, it wasn't me that was late. Uh, Real Madrid club legend Raul came third in the 2001 Ballon d'Or. But which soon-to-be English teammate did Raul... Did, uh, sorry, which English teammate did beat Raul to that Ballon d'Or? I'll, I'll stop you there, mate. Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah. God, a job I don't oh, need to read Real for Madrid. a living. Roma legend Totti had a career that lasted 25 years at Roma. He played 619 times and scored 250 goals. He also played 53 times for his country and he was in the team that won the 2006 World Cup. However, the prolific goal scorer only scored once during the World Cup finals. His goal came very late in the round of 16, putting Italy through to the quarterfinals. Who did he score against, gents? It's a tough one, this one. I was running out of questions. I'm not going to lie. Fucking hell. Anybody want to take a guess down under? Dave. <laughs> Dave, you need it. Come on. Australia. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it was Australia, yeah. I oh, found it great because that was a tough question. Right, last question. It is all to play for, gentlemen. Uh, Zidane is up there with with the best in world football history, famed for his ever last international game by headbutting Italian Marco Materazzi. France went on to lose that final. He was also known for an incredible left-footed volleyed winner in the 2002 Champions League final. But who did Real Madrid beat Joe. in that final? Joe. Do you want to finish? Final. I was just going to say Le- final. That was all. Leverkusen. Leverkusen is correct. Okay. Very quickly, Nerd got zero, third, Dave got one, Joe got three. Would you like to to take a stab at the tie break? Yeah, go on. How can you be a legend in world football if you haven't won the Ballon d'Or? Who's won it the most? 
Ballon d'Or, Messi. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Messi? Ronaldo? Any other guesses? Connor they won it the same amount of times. You're all right. They won it the same amount of times. Five times. Good no, work, guys. Great work. Trick question on the on the tie break. Wait, you did actually tell me that was a trick question, but <laughs> that wasn't the answer. Gentlemen, <laughs> oh, good work. That's nice quiz, dude. I actually enjoyed that. Well done, dude. I like to add a little bit of like, I mean, reading, reading shit. I can't read, but it just makes you want to jump in. And we got Dave once, and that, that's a win for me. Yeah, that's a win for you. Lovely stuff. Uh, we can, you can you can do another quiz if you want, Doop. Not not necessarily now. I'll I, give you time to get Funny enough, I've got another one. <laughs> 90s football. No, go on. Yes! Up to six. <laughs> that might win that. Might stand a chance. Anyway, that brings episode 112 to a close. Uh, you can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod, Twitter account, and Weestream FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weestreamfm.com where you can also find the blogs that have been released this past week. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast... Podcast? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Eyes emoji, indeed. Say goodbye, gents. Bye.